inexcusable, a classless individual, and one that I will be very happy to see out of the game of football when that day comes. Cannot wait. No, I, Jets agree- fan. I agree with you, but just to play a little devil's advocate, it is also professional sports. It is the Cowboys' job to stop another team. If you can't stop, it's not Brett Favre's job to make the game close and entertaining. His job is to go out there and score and light it up and do what he can to help his team win. We'll have a chance to go into the Superdome next week in Louisiana. Very tough game for Favre and the Vikings against the Saints and the Jets, of course. We'll play the Colts 3 o'clock next Sunday. And for us, we'll bid you adieu until tomorrow. DSRs all week, 5.15 and game of the week on sev- at 7 o'clock on Friday night for everyone in studio. Gives to Perry. Perry through the middle. Touchdown, Michigan. And the Wolverines have won it in overtime. Michigan wins by a score of 27 to 24. And the team storms the field to mob Chris Perry. WCBN Sports, 88.3 FM, Ann Arbor. WCBN.org. On to attempt it for the Wolverines. Holds her breath Ann Arbor as Navarre gets set. Places down. Kick is up. It's long enough. It's good. It's good. Michigan wins the game. Michigan shocks Washington. And the Wolverines are victorious. Extermination. Fight cell by cell through bodies and mind screens of the earth. Souls rotten from the orgasm drug. Flesh shuddering from the ovens. Prisoners of the earth come out. Storm the studio. Burnt metal smell of interplanetary war in the raw noon streets, swept by screaming glass blizzards of enemy flak. Lingwells, free doorways, cut word lines, photo falling, word falling, breakthrough in gray room, towers, open fire. Citizen, you are listening to WCBN-FM in Ann Arbor. Guilt, blast, pound, stab, strap, kill. Pilot K-9, you are cut off. Back. Return to base immediately. Ride, music beam, back to base. Stay out of that time, plaque. All pilots, ride pan pipes back to base. Indeed, William S. Burroughs. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and uh, my partner Jim Dwyer uh, has uh, pressing schoolwork responsibilities, rewriting some Shakespeare quizzes, grading, etc., so he'll be with us next week. Obviously, um, the big story of the week (laughs) is the situation in Haiti. Earthquakes, of course, are random events that don't occur in random places. And um, the devastation in Haiti is uh, almost unimaginable. Uh, I think that the media has done a 
incredible job of covering the story. I think there's probably been a little bit too much focus on the issue of looting and whatnot, and not a real appreciation of exactly what the situation is there. Um, one uh, expert basically stated that this looked like a couple of nuclear bombs had gone off, and uh, that's really what it looks like. Uh, it's similar to Dresden in uh, February of 1945 uh, when the Allied uh, uh, bombs, starting with the British and later with the Americans, pounded uh, Dresden, a important cultural city in Germany as the war was winding down, uh, a variety of reasons why Dresden was made an example uh, by the British mainly, but the Americans contributed. Kurt Vonnegut, of course, was a uh, prisoner of war uh, in Dresden at the time, so Slaughterhouse-Five, the book, the novel, is his uh, um, sort of fictional uh, memory, imagination, etc., cetera, uh, characterization of what happened there. Uh, some experts, of course, have argued that it was unnecessary to do this. But uh, basically, when you're talking about some cities near Port-au-Prince that you know, 90% of the buildings are leveled. Um, Haiti, of course, has had a uh, long and difficult history, um, and I wanted to single out Pat Robertson and Rush Limbaugh for Brain Damage Awards. Pat Robertson's got his history quite confused. He's obviously a demented old man, so he gets a double Brain Damage Award. Don't have the exact quote in front of me, but for him to call this something that the Haitians deserved because they made a pact with the devil, and then he invoked Napoleon III with the qualifier of whatever, uh, is, is bizarre. Uh, first of all, Napoleon III was around during the revolutionary period of 1848. Uh, we're talking about Napoleon Bonaparte here, uh, if uh, even had those facts correct. Uh, the actual slavery revolt in Haiti occurred uh, in the 1790s, and I believe slavery was actually declared illegal uh, and outlawed in Haiti in, in 1794 during the French Revolution. Uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, of course, is the man who tried to take over the world at one point, or the European world as we know it, and of course discovered that invading the Soviet Union, or Russia at the time, uh, in the winter was a big mistake. He was also Bugs Bunny's arch nemesis <laughs> uh, in the cartoons. So uh, Pat Robertson's got his history all mixed up. Haiti was actually a Spanish possession uh, early on and originally. In fact, Columbus originally, when he came to the New World, basically landed in the island of Hispaniola, which, of course, is uh, why Haiti has this mixed um, French... Spanish background, this Creole that we talk about, that's also I ironically um, analogous to New Orleans. Haiti was ceded to the French uh, sometime in the uh, late um, 16th century, I believe, during the so-called wars of Spanish succession and whatnot, and it was done so largely due to piracy. So the island was sort of split in in thirds, and the Dominican Republic, which uh, baseball fans are acquainted with, uh, a lot of great ballplayers have come from the Dominican Republic, is the Spanish-speaking side of the island of Hispaniola. French is only spoken by about 10% of the people in Haiti, 
And, of course, those people, it's official, the official government language, but it's not the language that's spoken on the ground. And um, Haiti became independent in uh, 1804, I believe. I believe that was the date. There were a series of rebellions. Uh, rebellions. There was a, a slave, a famous slave by the name of Lebocher who briefly was in charge. And, and it was essentially um, an ungovernable place from the beginning. Uh, one of the reasons that it was ceded, by the way, to the French partially was that there was a lot of piracy involved uh, in the western side of the island of Hispaniola. And Napoleon probably um, didn't want to get it back. I mean, let's remember that Napoleon sold uh, Thomas Jefferson uh, in the Louisiana Purchase an enormous chunk of the United States. So it has a long tradition of weak government, instability, lots of uh, violence, and very disparate income distribution, which has contributed to the problems. There's, all, there's a lot of criticism about the aid effort. But, look, people are doing the best they can under a very difficult situation. We need to remember that just uh, recently there was an earthquake in China, in the Sichuan uh, province, that killed 70,000 people. People die in earthquakes because of the crumbling of buildings and obviously visuals that you can see on uh, CNN and MSNBC or whatever um, show the devastation to this uh, western part of the island where most of the people live. And unfortunately, Haiti's main source of revenue is tourism. I don't think tourists are going to be going to Haiti anytime soon. Uh, it's obviously a very unstable situation. And we need to remember that Haiti was essentially under American military occupation uh, during the early part of the 20th century. Uh, Woodrow Wilson sent in the Marines, I believe, in 1915, and FDR withdrew them in the mid-30s. But uh, the elites that ran Haiti for many years were connected to the French elites and I think the American dollar was even the official currency in Haiti for a good part of the early part of the 20th century. And then needless to say, in the latter part of the century, the Duvalier family dom dominated the country, and they were ruthless strongmen that used militias, the famous Tonton Makoud. Uh, by the way, a great uh, novel about Haiti can uh, be, uh, be read by Graham Greene called The Comedians. It's not a, it's not a bad movie, even. Uh, I believe it's got Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton and Bert Ives in it. Pops up on TCM every now and then, but it uh, is basically a reflection of the situation in Haiti back uh, during the uh, reign of Papa Doc Duvalier. Uh, I heard today that Baby Doc, by the way, has actually uh, announced that uh, his uh, Swiss uh, bank account, where apparently there's $8 million, is to release all the funds that he's got to give to the people of Haiti. Well, Haiti's going to need uh, literally billions of dollars, and it's a very difficult situation. The port was destroyed. You can't offload cargo when the only working crane is basically damaged by the earthquake, which is exactly what happened. This is a small airport. Uh, it handles three flights a day. The uh, American uh, government is doing the best it can under incredibly difficult circumstances to get more flight and aid p uh, uh, boats and planes in, into the area uh, providing relief. 
And the, the, the Haitian government is virtually non-existent. Uh, I can't remember the name of the city in which 90% uh, of the buildings are destroyed, but the entire government in this city of about 35,000 people is gone. This is the long, largest loss of life of any UN mission, and Haiti had uh, sort of turned a corner a little bit in recent years uh, when uh, Bill Clinton uh, sent the Marines back into Haiti for probably the umpteenth time to restore order when Aristide was overthrown and he was briefly uh, put back into power uh, while dwelling in the United States. He lives in South Africa now, and he was overthrown again recently during the Bush administration that, of course, didn't lift a finger. The important thing at this point is, is uh, temporary relief and uh, to just dealing with the humanitarian crisis on the, on the ground because this uh, problem is going to continue for weeks on end. And I wanted to give, I mentioned Pat Robertson. He's got his history wrong. There was no pact with the devil. Uh, in fact, um, you know, many of the, the, the elites that run Haiti are actually practicing Christians, mostly Roman Catholics, but even some Protestants. And the idea that there was a pact with the devil that had something to do with the overthrow of Napoleon III is just so far off the mark, it's even incredible that Pat Robertson's allowed to uh, appear on television. And as for Rush Limbaugh that's claiming that uh, Barack Obama is sending aid to Haiti to, quote, burnish his image with the domestic African-American uh, constituency is, is so bizarre that it, it, it borders on criminality. And uh, I'm not the president of the United States, but if I were, I certainly would put Pat Robertson on an airplane, drop him in the middle of the Indian Ocean, and see if he's made of wood, see if he floats. But uh, the only difference between Rush Limbaugh and the Hindenburg is that one is a blimp and one is a Nazi gas bag, and we know which one Rush Limbaugh is. He is a Nazi gas bag. This has nothing to do with American domestic politics. Although, ironically, uh, it, it, it could uh, play a role in the uh, Massachusetts election, which I'll mention very briefly here. It appears that Martha Coakley is uh, going to lose uh, Ted Kennedy's Senate seat, and the so-called 60-vote majority is uh, gone, and with it probably uh, health care as well. Uh, I don't think this is the end of the world. I pointed out last week that there are six states uh, in America in which Republican senators are retiring. Many of these states are in play, and this will just kick the health care can down the road. There are obviously some parliamentary moves that are still possible. Uh, the House of Representatives, for instance, can vote up or down on the Senate bill, and that's the bill. I mean, these bills have passed the Congress. It's not like there's some dirty deal going on. This is the way politics works. The question is, is this worth passing at this time? Um, I don't think it's uh, a particularly good bill. It's been watered down. It's taken way too long, and as the sausage was being made, it got uglier and uglier. And the Democratic Party, in my opinion, made strategic blunders in pandering to Blanche Lincoln, Mary Landrieu, and Ben Nelson, and Joe Lieberman. And maybe the first order of business for the Democrats should be actually removing Joe Lieberman as a chairman of the uh, government homeland security position and let him be a party of one. He's been appearing on television way too much recently. 
I don't like looking at the guy's face. So get him out of the debate. He's allowing the public to be confused about what is in the health care bill and what isn't. As for Martha Coakley, um, her problems are numerous. She's obviously not a politician. She's committed gaffes. Uh, she's performed poorly in debates. And she forgot one key aspect of Ted Kennedy's legacy. Ted Kennedy was passionate about certain issues, but Ted Kennedy also understood something about politics that Martha Coakley obviously does not understand. Politics is about campaigning. If you want to hold a public office in the United States of America, you have to campaign. You have to campaign. You got to go out and meet the voters. You got to go into the bars. You got to go to the sports stadiums. You got to appear at colleges. You you can't just sit back and expect other people to do the job for you. Now, the Democratic Party machine in Massachusetts may get out tomorrow, and there may be a uh, um, a Coakley win. I don't know. But the momentum is clearly with Scott Brown. Um, Coakley may lose this election because of the Kurt Schilling gaffe. Whatever. Kurt Schilling and Doug Flutie are out on the campaign trail with Scott Brown, and they're trying to pull a uh, pseudo-populist maneuver on uh, the, the, the voters of Massachusetts, and it may work. Uh, men, in particular, have a hidden sexism against women candidates. That's documented in all kinds of polls. And let's remember that Coakley got this nomination as part of a crowded uh, four-person field just, I think, about two months ago was when the primary was. And um, women probably gave her the nomination when maybe she wasn't the best candidate. I don't follow Massachusetts state politics to know quite all the details. I know that there is a hidden sexism problem that Coakley is experiencing. But you have to campaign. Ted Kennedy understood campaigning. He was one of the most aggressive, hearty campaigners that's ever existed in American politics. You've got to go out and sweat with the voters. You've got to meet, like I said, you've got to meet them at the bars. You've got to meet them in the churches. You've got to go to the schools. You have to want the job, and Coakley has just not performed well. She's a terrible candidate. And needless to say, the health care debate is actually working against her in Massachusetts. Um, Massachusetts has the highest uh, rate of insured people in the United States because they already implemented a state insurance plan several years ago, ironically, when Mitt Romney was the governor. So people in Massachusetts don't want to be told um, why they should pay for uninsured Mexican-Americans in Texas or, um, um, you know, white trailer trash in West Virginia. Uh, to use two examples, they don't want to be told why they have to pay for, why they have to pay for it when they've already got it. And part of the health care pro uh, debate problem in America is that there's no national consensus that we need to have insurance for everybody. America is a country where people believe that what they're what they've gotten or what they've earned they deserve to keep. And Doug Flutie and Kurt Schilling, who are multimillionaire sports figures, one in baseball, one in football, uh, one's also a, a TV uh, guy, uh, Doug Flutie, of course they don't, they don't want the, the health care uh, bill to pass. Their, their, their taxes would go up. They're, they're wealthy people. Um, when a lawyer is running against a politician and Coakley is the lawyer, she's probably going to lose. And, of course, special elections have their own problems. The turnout will be probably light. That will help Brown. Um, 
and we'll have to wait and see what happens. But uh, uh, Barack Obama going up there at the last second to try and make this an issue of the 60 votes, I, I think, is also a mistake. Uh, the, the Democrats are too obsessed with this 60-vote thing. They need to get back to allowing the vote to happen. Let the Republicans filibuster. Let the public know who's holding up the debate. Instead, the Democrats, as usual, uh, they're, they're, they continue to have a problem with competence. They, they just never can seem to get things right because they have too many, you know, there's an old saying in life that too many cooks spoil the broth, and this is exactly what's happened here. Obama ceded the health care uh, legislation to the Senate, and this got bottled up in too many committees with too many committee chairmen trying to cut deals with too many uh, conservative Democrats like Mary Landrieu and, and Blanche Lincoln and Ben Nelson and Joe Lieberman. Those four senators screwed this bill up from the get-go, and quite frankly, Blanche Lincoln probably isn't going to win re-election anyway, so pandering to her is silly. Go out and run the 2010 campaign on the health care debate, but let it be known that the Republicans are the ones that stopped this. Uh, let the filibuster happen. Let the filibuster happen uh, until somebody cries uncle and uh, gives in and says, let's have a vote on the, on the subject. That's my advice, but uh, I am in the school of Ted Kennedy. I believe that uh, you have to fight for issues th that are dear to you, and I think that the problem on the health care debate is that it's it's basically watered down gruel anyway. I mean, who who cares if the health care debate, uh, the health care bill doesn't pass? Nothing's going to go into effect for four years anyway. I think that it's a step in the right direction. It's not a big enough step, um, but we'll j just have to wait and see what happens. Um, we have uh, football games to see who wins them, and we have elections to see who wins them. One of the polls in Massachusetts is dead wrong, um, but the momentum is clearly with Scott Brown. He apparently is going to uh, win this seat, and the 60-vote uh, uh, majority that the Democrats have uh, been burdened with rather than enjoyed uh, is going to be a thing of the past. Now, in the final uh, minutes of the show tonight, of course, today is MLK Day, and uh, we, we need to uh, remember the greatness of, of MLK. By the way, in the I Have a Dream speech, uh, he uses the word Negro quite a bit. Um, so much for that tempest in the teapot from uh, two weeks ago. It seems rather minor uh, when you have a catastrophe like what's been going on in Haiti during the last week, and you, and you have an idea of, um, like even today, there was a terrible... Uh, Taliban attacks in Afghanistan in which the government infrastructure was attacked, um, sort of trying to almost emulate uh, uh, the situation in Haiti where you essentially have no government, no functioning government, a weak central government, and essentially a lot of deregulation. One of the reasons that so many people died in the uh, building collapses, I mean certainly an earthquake of that magnitude would be serious, and like I said, there are uh, random events, in, not in random places. It's important to remember that if the uh, Northridge earthquake that happened in Southern California back in 1994 had happened at 5 p.m. and not 5 a.m., there would have been hundreds of people killed in that uh, earthquake because the freeway system, uh, the freeways out there pancaked. And if you'd had bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic uh, at 5 p.m. in the afternoon, you would have had hundreds of deaths rather than 
64 or whatever it is. And, of course, the uh, people that die in earthquakes tend to live in, in rural areas in, in uh, you know, the Asian uh, sort of subcontinent, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iran, Azerbaijan, Armenia, Turkey, China. These places have all had horrific earthquakes uh, in the last 100 years. Indeed, there was an earthquake in, uh, in China uh, earlier in the 20th century in which 800,000 people died. So I think that Americans need to realize that the situation in Haiti resembles a war zone. It's not anything that uh, we can appreciate. It's exceedingly difficult to get aid out to people. Uh, the relief agencies are doing the best they can. There's still recovery and, and whatnot going on, body recoveries and, and mass graves and bulldozers. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a just a terrible situation. But at this point, you have to... Uh, protect the uh, the living as much as possible and uh, get some aid in there. I think the situation is slowly improving, but when you realize that, uh, uh, you know, a, a relief crew came from Iceland, um, the international community is responding, but you can't do things at the snap of a figure, finger. I mean, by the way, I, last week when I was, uh, when I heard about the Haitian earthquake, I heard about it around 11 p.m. I'd been listening to CBN all night. And uh, I tuned into the BBC at the top of the hour, and I heard about the earthquake. Well, the report was that there's been a serious earthquake uh, in Haiti, magnitude 7-1 or whatever the number was, and uh, the power's out. Well, nobody knows what's going on, the, going on on the ground at that point. I mean, it was just turning dark, apparently, and this is one of the reasons that the whole situation was so, uh, turned out to be so catastrophic. Um, and America, of course, has an obligation to help out in Haiti because of its uh, frequent military uh, invasions of Haiti. Well, not invasions. I mean, they, they've often uh, gone down to restore order because of the corporate interests that have been involved, um, that protecting elites. Um, and this is just part of the, the sorry problem. Uh, very briefly on the Martin Luther King situation, uh, because I probably should have just devoted the whole show to this. Over the years, I've uh, definitely raised questions about the official investigation into the killing of Martin Luther King. He, of course, was murdered on the 4th of April, 1968, near, uh, over 40 years ago. And it's fascinating. I've, I've always found it interesting that he was murdered shortly after a uh, LBJ announced that he wasn't running for re-election. And it's quite clear from evidence that I've gathered over the years that there are unanswered questions about what exactly happened. Uh, James Earl Ray, late in life, uh, denied that he had killed Martin Luther King. He said he was set up. And I tend to believe him. Uh, it's well known that Martin, uh, that Martin Luther King was spied on extensively for literally decades by the FBI once he became uh, the preeminent spokesman for civil rights. And uh, while I have a dream uh, is, I think, becoming more of a reality in the United States, uh, we still have a long way to go. And, of course, one of the unusual burdens that Barack Obama has as president of the United States, for instance, when you look at the unemployment rate uh, amongst uh, African Americans, it's, it's, uh, it's incredibly high. Um, some unofficial reports claim that African-American uh, um, uh, males between 16 and uh, 64, only half of them really have jobs. Um, and Barack Obama, unfortunately, cannot be burdened with 
special, quote unquote, and I'm using that word uh, in a political sense, programs that target African-American unemployment or otherwise there are going to be charges of racism that uh, people have unfortunately been bringing up all too frequently with Barack Obama. I don't think Barack Obama has those kinds of bones in his body, but I do think that he needs to uh, set aside the health care um, fiasco and realize that what he's done in the last year is basically <laughs> continue the Bush agenda, which is uh, war in Afghanistan, occupation of Iraq, and not quite aggressive enough on the uh, economy. And I, I do uh, think that Obama's got things going in the right direction, but a lot of work is uh, going to be required. And, of course, uh, the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of his uh, inauguration is coming up this week. There will be a lot of special shows about that. Um, but I think that uh, the, the mere election of Barack Obama is, is proof that the situation has improved immensely as a result of the uh, historical legacy of Martin Luther King. And uh, maybe uh, on the 4th of April, uh, later this year, that week, we'll discuss more about the murky questions regarding the assassination because I, I just didn't have time to get to it because of this, uh, these unexpected uh, uh, developments in, in, uh, in Haiti over the week and the completely tragic situation uh, that uh, continues there. And let's remember, we're, we're talking about estimates in which people are estimating between 100 and 200,000 people dead. We're never going to know the numbers. Uh, people are being buried in mass graves with bulldozers because they, they have to get these bodies off the street. And, uh, of course, there's going to be rioting and looting going on. It's, it's just a very, very difficult situation. But you have to appreciate that this resembles a war zone. This is what war is like, <laughs> okay? Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with um, uh, racism or... Um, racial uh, issues. This is, this is about a sorry history of, of a region of the world that's been poorly governed. Um, m you know, much of the building in Haiti occurred under deregulated conditions. You, you, you want weak central government, Haiti is the poster child for it. It's had uh, way too many uh, coup d'etats and, and sort of uh, rebellions and strongmen in charge that really aren't in charge. Instead, it's a, a looting of, 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 the, uh, of, the, of the Treasury. And foreign aid, unfortunately, has been all too common uh, an aspect of Haiti's uh, economic development. By the way, when you have tourism as your main um, source of foreign uh, revenue, um, that's always a perilous situation. You can't count on tourism. Uh, we're, we're seeing, for instance, tourism places like Las Vegas uh, suffering enormously under the uh, economic downturn. People uh, are just not going to spend money uh, gambling in Las Vegas with these sorts of economic conditions, for instance. They're not going to go sit on the beach uh, in, in Haiti. Haiti's got nice beaches uh, there on the uh, on the southern coast. Uh, that's, that's where the, the wealthy uh, European and uh, Canadian and American tourists go. Um, I guess I was somewhat surprised to discover that there were 45,000 Americans in Haiti uh, when this earthquake occurred. Some of them, by the way, down there doing uh, relief work. Uh, many uh, uh, religious organizations and humanitarian organizations. And just a quick word about uh, donating uh, to uh, uh, 
these humanitarian causes. Yeah, you can go on the internet and check uh, check out various organizations, but I would I would I, I would keep it simple. I would recommend uh, the the UNICEF, the United Nations uh, Child uh, 